Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. God's solution number four. Here it is. Enjoy. God's peace and provision. See, we are not doing life alone. That shepherd is watching us, providing for us, giving us peace 24-7. If we'll fight the battle in our mind, if we'll take captive those thoughts of worry and fear. You know, it's so easy to forget how much God loves us. Sure, Jesus died for us and the Holy Spirit is inside us. Oftentimes, though, much of this living becomes kind of an intellectual exercise. We don't live with the dynamic evidence of God's presence. Pastor Mark will be teaching about God's love for us and about how much God wants to bless our lives. We will be listening to Pastor Mark expound on Luke 12, where Jesus is trying to convey to us the depth of God's love for us. He will be teaching about how unnecessary it is for us to try to trudge through this life alone. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part three of his message, God's Solution to Worry. Has God ever failed you? Never. Not once. And yet, what do we do? Here's a little thumb gun. There's a little wart right here. Can you see the wart? No, because I don't worry. Some of you have a wart. It's called a worry wart. Look at your neighbor's finger right now. See if they have one. Raise your hand if they have them next year. We'll pray for them right now in this sanctuary. No, you see, understand how how stupid we can be. A worry wart? Come on. Now, Jesus says this. He already knows what you need this morning. Food, shelter, money, healing, job, miracle. Some of you are single. You're looking for a husband and wife. My wife and I are going to celebrate next week or two weeks from now our 50th anniversary. Let me talk to you. After the service, if you're looking for a spouse. All right, let me move on. I mean that in a positive way. What are you laughing about? 50 years, baby. Terrific. All right, now. (laughs) Somebody told Pastor TJ in the first service, we've been married 53 years until we got Balmer beat by crazy. That's okay. Hey, anything over one year is a miracle in the United States today. (laughs) Amen. All right, now. Look at verse 31. Since God is going to provide for me, what should my mentality be? 
Jesus just goes on. Remember, he says, don't be like an unbeliever. God's going to be, he knows exactly how to provide for you. So, so what? Here it is. So seek the kingdom of God above all else. And he, read it together out loud. He will give you everything you want. Pastor Mark, I want that oil well. No, he'll give us everything we, say it, we need. Do you think God knows what's good for you and what isn't good for you? Yes, he does. If he gave us everything we wanted, we would get rid of God. And a lot of people treat God like that. Well, God, I need this right here, whatever. You're so good. See you next time I need something. No, that's not the way it works. We are to seek his kingdom first. Which simply means, here's God's third worry solution. Know God's character. You see, by obeying this command and putting God first, everything else, Matthew 6, 33, everything else will be added to us. That which we need. Uh, Notice the amazing promise from God. He's a generous character. He, he, he's got a characteristic of giving. God so loved the world, he gave. He's not a stingy God. Don't let people tell you he's a stingy God. He is not a stingy God. He's a generous God. And he loves to bless us. But we have to understand, we know his character. He gives us everything we need. He also says, don't worry, because he's all-knowing. He knows what I need and when I need it. That's the frustration. When. Is it going to happen? God knows it. So if I put God first, that means I want his will in my life first. That's what you want. A kingdom is where a king rules. If I'm a Christian, he's my king. He rules my life. Not like a robot, because I have to submit to that. But he knows best. We've all discovered that his will is better than any will you could have. So here's what I want you to write this morning. Making God's will a priority in my life, seek him first, it defeats worry. Which is an amazing thing. God, I want what you want. I'm worried about this situation, but I know you can handle it. So I'm going to go with your will. Now next, interesting. He's talking to his disciples and 10,000 people. But look what he says. Do not be afraid. Little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Now, some of you are here, and you could not call God your father. Oh, he's your creator, but you're not a son and daughter of God. So your problem is you're trying to do life alone. And provide for yourself. You, you want to have God as your father. Know his character. He loves you. He sent Jesus to die for you. And at the end of the service, we'll give you an opportunity to quit doing life alone. And no, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, little flock. Because your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Whatever you need to do life He promises. Now, that illustration is an interesting illustration because through the Bible, there's lots of, well, applications, analogies. Here's the big one. In the Bible, 
people are sheep. And you know that a sheep, well, I just have to say it kindly, uh, sheep are stupid. (laughs) Don't say that to your neighbor. I'm just saying that's true. They, They can't fend for themselves. Can you imagine the word Rambo sheep? It doesn't work. They can't. They need a what? Tell me. They need a shepherd. Hello. And who is the shepherd? God. Jesus is a picture of the shepherd in the New Testament. My my sheep hear my voice. They know me and they follow me. See, we're followers. We're not leaders. We don't lead our own life. And so Jesus turns to these people And he basically says to them, you need a shepherd. I'm reminding you that a shepherd cares for his sheep. Now, a sheep doesn't worry at all. Because of why? The shepherd takes care of them. I want you to see this picture. We were, when we were in Israel this year, we we drove by a section, and I noticed, so I asked him to stop the bus. Here's a shepherd. He's taking care of the sheep. Now, this is alongside of a road. If the shepherd isn't there, There's lamb chops for dinner for somebody because they're going to walk out in the stupid road and try to cross it. No, there's a shepherd there. Now, if you look at those sheep and you watch them for a while, are they worried? No, because they trust their shepherd. It's not that they just trust their shepherd. They trust the character of their shepherd. He leads them. And at night when he puts them in the pen, he lays in front of the pen to protect them. I want to read something to you this morning because sometimes we forget. See, in our physical world that we live, you have shepherds. They're pastor teachers, elders in our congregations. We're far from the shepherd because we're people just like you, sinners saved by grace. But that's our role. For as God helps us with our character, that you can trust your shepherds to teach you the word of God. And not only to do that, but to lead you. And who do we lead you to? We never lead you to a man. We lead to the great shepherd. Because it's not about me, TJ, Pastor Day, any of the others. It's about God. And I want you for a moment, and just think about this. I want you to think this morning of what you're worrying about. Just for a second. That's enough. I want you to think, and I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. I want you to think, those of you that are Christians this morning, how wonderful it is to have God as your shepherd. Would you close your eyes with me and just listen as I read. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. And you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. 
You anoint my head with oil and my cup, it simply overflows. Surely, goodness and love and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And then I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Would you write God's solution number four? Here it is. Enjoy God's peace and provision. See, we are not doing life alone. That shepherd is watching us, providing for us, giving us peace 24-7. If we'll fight the battle in our mind. If we'll take captive those thoughts of worry and fear. Remember, the kingdom of God is a focus not on here. We live here, of course. But that is simply on where we're going. And notice, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So what do we do making him king, putting him first? We simply listen to him, obey him, watch him guide us. And as we do, he provides everything I need. Since that's true, there's a mentality that goes with it. Look at verse 33. So Jesus says this, sell your possessions and give to the poor. Go find a monastery and sit it and go, hmm, for the rest of your life. Is that what he's saying? Of course not. See, many people think when you do this, you're going to take a vow of poverty. And no, he says, be in the world. I'll provide you richly. But be careful. Be careful. What you're storing up here isn't eternal. Let me read the rest. Provide purses for yourself that will not wear out. Notice a treasure in heaven. I'll define that in a moment. That will never fail where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there's your heart. See, Jesus reminds us that we have to have an eternal perspective. We do live here. We do all the things necessary. We don't go off to some monastery and sit there and hmm for life. We're going to be here. How we live on earth has great significance for eternity. What does Jesus mean by treasure? Here it is. Treasure. Anything on earth that has a value. Eternal value. Now, what people consider valuable is where they'll spend their money, time, and talents. Whatever you're thinking about all the time, that's where you spend your money, time, and talents. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. It's not about money and time and talents. He says, give it away. Be generous. Here's what he says. Listen, this is very important. He basically says this. In regard to all of these kind of things that you have here, if our treasure is stuff, how much of that stuff is going to burn when we die? All of it. So what is eternal? There's only three things eternal. God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. People, you're going to live forever either with God or separated from God. And what else? The word of God. The word of God will always be. It outlasts everything. It's eternal. That's why we teach from the word of God. That's why I'm not teaching you a psychology 101 today. I'm teaching the word. So if that's true, so what's the focus of my life going to be on? If I'm storing up treasure, if I'm storing up this treasure, what is it going to be on? Basically, it's going to be on using God to help me 
meet the needs of people because people last. That's why you're here. And so, of course, we raise our families, our priorities, all those things. But you have to remember back to greed. Greed causes us to store stuff up for ourselves. But when I'm putting his kingdom first, I'm being generous. So write this down this morning. Give generously to God and to others and send your treasure to heaven. That's what Jesus is saying. He's not saying give all your money away. He said, be generous with me. It involves money and minister to people because people are going to last forever. Now, many times individuals in church don't get this. So I'm going to challenge you with it this morning. Here we are 10 years in Vera. Now, we started renting a school. 25 years ago, we started Melbourne campus. We were the only campus in the Hilton Pretty good place to start a church, wasn't it? But we had to pay for the Hilton. Now, here we are all these years later. We've expanded. We have a great campus in Sebastian now. And here you are. Vieira's exploding. At some point, we'll have to add more buildings here. In Melbourne, we do different kind of things. Sebastian, at some point, someday, as God continues to go to the campus, we'll have to do something. He said, well, Pastor Mark, what are you talking about? Well, how did this building get here? We all got together because we're very spiritual in our leadership. And we say, God, we're just holding this bag out. Please give us money right now. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, you know that's stupid, isn't it? So what did you guys do over these last years? You provided from your tithes and offerings to build a building here, Melbourne, to rent a building in Sebastian. Okay, Pastor Mark, you're telling me everything's about buildings? No, none of it's about buildings. Who comes into a building? People. How do people hear the gospel? Hello, buildings. Well, Pastor Mark, I'd just rather do it out in front. Have at it. Especially in July. You see, there were no buildings in a church to the year 200, 250. But we live in a different world. So when we're giving to God's work to do buildings, it's about people. Do you get it? Every year, up to 2,000 people on our campuses become Christians. They're going to be in heaven with us. Why? Because you guys provided. So understand, it's not about a building. It's about people. But getting a place where they can hear the gospel. Can I hear an amen from somebody? Now, we had an issue in Haiti recently. I want to show you pictures. We have a pastor down there from our Melbourne campus, Pastor Serge. He has a great church in Port-au-Prince. They're building a brand new building, one of the largest churches in Haiti. Awesome pastor. Here they are in the center of Haiti a couple weeks ago after the storm. You know, if you live in Haiti and say, go to a shelter, there are no shelters. Here they are. These are Christians that are praying in a Beat up building. What are they praying for? Food, clothing, something to have shelter in. Here's the next picture. Serge took all of the stuff up from generations of, I mean, wonderful people that had provided water, rice, beans. So what does our money do? It does exactly what Jesus said. Sell Give some of your money. Get rid of your possession. Don't focus only on that. Give alms to the poor. Use your tithes and offerings to meet the needs of what? People. And it's a blessing to do it, isn't it? 
to see that they, because they have no resources. You know, that's what's interesting. You say, well, Pastor Mark, God says he'll provide for those people. He did through you and through me. God often does that. He provides through us. You're doing a water thing here. We do all these things all over. When Linda and I go to overseas and we do all those kind of things over there, what's he doing? He's using me to bless those people. So I have to give him my time and my money and all those kind of things to bless those people. That's a wonderful thing. He uses you to bless others. And by the way, I told you last week, when we give, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. So that's what Jesus says. Don't, don't, be, don't hoard it around. That's why he follows the greed with this exact thing. Now, when you see that, I'm going to give you maybe three verses this morning. It's going to change this. So get ready. Just turn your name and say, get ready. Listen up. Come on. Get ready. Listen up. Listen up. Here it is. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about, say it with me, anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, With thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Here's God's worry solution number five. This is the last one. Pray and thank God in everything. Paul says to us, instead of worrying about anything, pray in everything. To God. Now, sometimes we complicate prayer. This is God's main way to solve worry and anxiety. It's to say to God, I know you told me not to worry, but I'm worried. He's okay with that. He'll minister to you with that. And a prayer is simply two-way conversation with God. Don't complicate it. So as we pray, we get back to simple, honest conversation with the loving Father. So that is a huge solution. God, you know what's going through my mind. I ask you to help me capture that thought and go back to your promises. Because I can trust your promises. Now here's the next one. 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your anxiety on him. Let's read it together. Because he cares for you. That word cast means to transfer, to throw something upon someone, a deliberate decision of trust. I can't, you're going up a mountain, you got all kinds of food, you're trying to carry it, and there's the mule in front of you. I just give it to the mule, I can't handle it. And the mule just takes it. It's all done, it's solved, it's finished. So here's what Peter says I'm commanded to give. All of my worries to God. Why? We're back to character because he cares for us. We trust that he knows what he's doing in our life. God loves us so much. Not only did he create this awesome planet, he found a way to repair the relationship we, through Adam, had broken with him. Pastor Mark has brought to our mind again the many facets of our lives that are affected by God and the peace that comes from that knowledge. May we remember to let our shepherd lead and guide us. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This brings another message to its completion. Next time, we'll hear Pastor Mark begin another teaching, Continuing Jesus' Conversations in Luke 12. We will be hearing about our need to be faithful, wise stewards of the talent, time, and treasure that God has left in our charge. We'll also be warned to be prepared for Jesus' return at any time. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is giving.